bad happening in our lives. Receiving bad news is one of the quickest ways to send us into a panic. It can cause us to react in fear. You know, God doesn't want you and I to respond to anything out of fear. He wants us to respond in faith. And as we've been seeing in our series, fear and faith seem to be exact opposites. So many of us can relate to the fear of bad news at work, at home, at school. Everywhere we turn in this world, bad news is easy to find. We hear it on all sides. If it's not financial bad news, it's political bad news. If it's not political bad news, it's health bad news. If it's not health bad news, it's marriage bad news. If it's not marriage bad news, it's, yeah, you get the idea. I do want to welcome those who have joined us by way of the internet, and I'm so grateful for the many of you who have become part of our listening audience. Please download that listening guide, the same one we're using right here in the worship center at Eastside Baptist Church. Follow along with us as we study God's Word. The Apostle Paul wrote from a prison cell that we can focus our minds on things that are good no matter how bad things are going around us. We can focus on that which is good and honorable and virtuous and praiseworthy and pure and right and good. We can focus on those things or we can allow our minds to focus on bad things. So what would it look like to live a life with no fear of bad news? Psalm 112, verses 6 and 7 says this, For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Would you like to hear that again? I would too. You ready? Psalm 112, verses 6 and 7. Listen. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. That's where our trust should be. Notice these verses do not say that we will never receive bad news. What they say is we don't have to be afraid of bad news. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That gives us the capacity to bravely face any situation that may come our way because of the hope we have in Jesus Christ. 
Y'all are going to allow me to be personal, right? For the last couple of weeks, I've been personally dreading the homegoing of my mom. It's been really hard. Many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I couldn't want anything better for her than where she's headed. I sure don't want to keep her here in a body that's failing. I want her to know and experience the loving presence of the Savior that she has served all of her life. Now I can focus on her death or I can focus on her future. And that's a choice that I can make. Because of the presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life, I have the hope of the resurrection. I have the hope of Christ, something that goes beyond death and gives me a hope for the future. That's given through the ministry of God's Spirit in our hearts. Our text today is in Numbers chapter 13. It's a familiar passage. And I'd like to read it and then make some observations for you. Numbers chapter 13. Just verses 1 to 3 and then verses 25 to 33. Verses 1 to 3. This is when the children of Israel are about to enter the land of Canaan. Moses sends out spies. They're going to do some reconnaissance. Verse 1, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. And then it gives their names. Slip down with me now to verse 25. They've gone um, into the land. They've done surveillance of the land. It's a great land that God has promised to give to the children of Israel. All right, verse 25. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the uh, congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, a place called Kadesh Barnea, which we'll talk about in a minute. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They cut down some fruit and it was so full and lush that they had to carry it on a pole on their shoulders between them. I've never seen grapes like that. But it was a fruitful land that God had promised them. So they brought back word to all the congregation, showed them the fruit of the land, and then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows 
with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw saw the descendants of Anak there, giants, tall people, well-armed people, fortified cities. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now Caleb and Joshua saw the same land. All right. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies in a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. They are like we sorry, they are they we saw, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So a report came, and two different interpretations. Let me make some observations about this text, and then we'll see if we can apply it in our own walk with the Lord. Here's some observations. First of all, Moses sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, to spy out the land and find out what it's like. God told them to send them. Do you think God knew what was going to happen? He did. The spies spent 40 days doing surveillance, and they brought back a report. They found abundant fruit and many dangers. Ten of the men said that the people of the land were too big and too strong to be overcome. But two of the men, Joshua and Caleb, said God's people should move forward in obedience to the Lord. Now that's the text. What can we learn from the text? First of all, let me show you a couple of slides. Uh, This is a sculpture, a bronze sculpture. It's uh, outside the First Baptist Church of Orlando. And it shows the two spies coming back with a cluster of grapes so large they had to carry it on their shoulders. The promised land. Here's another slide. This is a stamp from Israel. Postage stamp. You see what they're carrying. The postage stamp is, of course, based on this story that we read this morning. This historical account of the spies going into the land and bringing back this report about the abundance of the land of Canaan. So what do we learn from the passage of Scripture? Here's the first thing we learn. Fear and faith are a matter of perspective. 
I want you to notice that 12 spies went into the land. They all saw the same land and the same people, but 10 of the spies came back in fear and two of them came back in faith. Which of the spies, which group, the 10 or the two, which group do you think had God's perspective? The two. Keep that number in mind. The two had God's perspective on the situation. They all saw the same thing, but they came back with different reports. Isn't it amazing how two people can look at the same situation? One sees it positively, and one sees it negatively. Faith is a matter of perspective. And so is fear. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of realizing who's in control. And Joshua and Caleb said, look, our God is great. He is in control. He has promised to give us this, give us this land. Let's move forward. And the rest said, oh no. And the huge difference here between the two reports is one had their eyes on the Lord and one had their eyes on the circumstances. Do you see that? It's the difference of perspective. Perspective is everything when you're dealing with the Lord and His Word. When you're dealing with situations, you can either deal with them with the eyes of the Lord or you can deal with them with the eyes of man. Ten spies were focused on the circumstances. Two spies were focused on the Lord. We really do experience our perspective. Yes, even though the circumstances might not change, our perspective can change if we'll focus on the Lord. So the first thing we learn is faith and fear are a matter of perspective. The second thing we learn is in good news or bad, the report we believe is more important than the news we hear. So you're in the congregation of Israel and you hear this group coming back to give a report and ten of them say, oh no, we can't do this. And two of them say, oh yes, we can. Now it's either good news or it's bad news and it all depends on your perspective. The death of my mom is either good news or bad news. If I'm focused on me and my loss, it's bad news. If I'm focused on God and her gain, it's good news. So where do you think I want my focus? The Lord and the gain. You know that Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. It's a matter of perspective. Well, there, you know, you, you get a good report or a bad report, perspective is everything. You get a good report or a bad report, the report you believe is much more important than the news you get. Moses asked the men to inspect the land of Canaan and size up the situation. He didn't ask them to size themselves up. Did you notice that? The focus was on, oh, Lord, we can't do this. 
Did you notice that? We were as grasshoppers in our own eyes. We are unable to do this. We are unable to accomplish this. Their focus was sorely on who they were and what they could accomplish. Not on who God is and what He can accomplish. Fear is a matter of focus on what I do or what on God does. If I focus on what God does, it's a whole different ballgame. If I focus only on my abilities, my strength, my courage, we're going to fail. But if I keep my focus on the Lord, it can turn out for His glory. The men returned. They had bad news about how strong their enemies would be. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. I want you to notice that the ten men never once mentioned God. Never once. They left Him out of the equation entirely. It shows their focus. It shows where their minds and hearts were. It wasn't on the Lord at all. What can God do in this situation? That's the question we should be asking. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Moses chose to believe the good report of the two men, Joshua and Caleb. You see, faith will turn bad news into a good report. Fear will turn good news into a bad report. It's a matter of your perspective. Here's the third thing we learn from this passage of Scripture. All of us come to a point of decision that requires us to act in faith. We come to that place and God requires us to take a step of faith. You will not get through this life without having to take a step of faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. He will, he will put you in a place where you can't do anything but trust Him or run backwards. He'll put you in a place where you have to, by faith, step forward and say, I'm going to trust God. And every one of us gets to one of those places of decision where we're going to take a risk. We're going to put it all on the line. Listen, going into the land of Canaan was putting their lives on the line. Those were giants, and they were well-armed, and there were fortified cities. But God promised them the land. So you either move forward in faith or you move backward in fear. Right? So we're all going to come to that point of decision in our lives. And I hate to tell you this, it's going to happen more than once. God will grow you through these points in your life 
a point of decision. For Israel, it was Kadesh Barnea. They were 11 miles from the promised land, from the land that God promised them. Kadesh Barnea, place of decision. Israel would either believe God and claim his promises, or she would allow fear and unbelief to dictate her next move. What did she choose? Unfortunately, she chose fear. Fear and worry are not the way you want to make decisions. You make such terrible decisions when you're afraid. You make such terrible decisions when you're angry. Fear and worry and anger are the devil's tools to get you away from the Lord. Learn a lesson from the children of Israel. It cost them 40 years of wandering in the wilderness because they made a decision based on fear, not on faith. Kadesh Barnea. She chose fear. Um, I have a map. This is a NASA satellite photo of the very area where Israel left Egypt and they were headed to the Promised Land. You can see the little dot up here that uh, represents Kadesh Barnea. This is where they were camped. That's where the story is taking place in Numbers 13. Kadesh Barnea, and they are just a little ways from entering the land of Canaan. Eleven miles is all that stood between them and the promises of God. And they could have moved forward in faith and enjoyed the abundance of the land, but instead they let fear dictate. You know, I've seen churches do this. They grow and they get to the place where they have to make a decision, and they say, oh no, we can't do that. We don't have enough. We, we, don't, we don't know what's going to happen. We're afraid to make the next move. We're afraid to make the changes that are necessary. We're afraid that something's going to happen. And they make a decision based on fear, not on faith. I've seen it happen in our personal lives. God's growing you. You're getting closer to him. And then he asks you to take a step. He brings you right to a point of decision, and it's, it's a decision point that will help you launch forward in your walk with Him and give you a deeper, more rich, more vibrant relationship with Him. And He brings you to that point, and you either move forward in faith or you go backward in fear. And you wander around in the wilderness. Kadesh Barnea, the point of decision. The place where you have to decide, am I going to trust God or am I going to lean on myself? Am I going to trust God and let Him work this out? Or am I going to lean on my own understanding? Am I going to trust God and move forward and let Him work? Or am I going to grab this thing and force it to happen the way I want it to? What am I going to do? Have any of you all ever been to Kadesh Barney? I mean, in your personal lives, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been there? A point of decision where God is saying, will you trust me? 
place of decision. Kadesh Barnea, moving forward in faith. All of us come to that place. Just like these spies, we will all one day either take God at his word and move forward in faith or we will focus on the circumstances and allow fear to dictate our next move. The question is, what does God want? What does he want? What is he asking of me? Can I take a step of faith and follow the Lord? What else do we learn? Number four, God wants to turn your bad news into a good report. The word gospel literally means good news. When Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, breathing his last breath, he cried out, It is finished. Now friends, if you're a disciple and you're watching your Messiah die on a cross and he says it's finished, that could be bad news. But all of us know that's not bad news at all, is it? Really? From a human perspective, our Messiah just died. He just breathed his last. And with his last breath, all of our hopes for future are gone. But three days later, friends, God raised Jesus from the dead. And that same Jesus is able to work a miracle in your life and raise your dreams from the dead. Raise your hopes from the dead. He's able to do that. He's a great Savior. Now, I know I've been all calm and settled today. <laughs> but it is exciting, the hope of the gospel, where God can take your bad news and turn it into a good report. Because of the hope of the gospel. It's good news, friend. No matter what's happening in your life and in mind, it's good news that Jesus Christ lives good news for us. Good news because when he breathed his last and said it is finished, he was not saying it's all over. He was saying, I have completed the work I came to do. And three days later, God raised him from the dead to prove that he had accepted Christ's sacrifice on behalf of our sin. What seemed like the worst news in his life actually became the greatest report the world has ever known. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection paved the way for all of us to receive God's love, acceptance, and forgiveness. You mean God can bring life out of death? Yes, he can. No matter what your situation. Remember this. No matter what you and I are facing today, no matter what news we might receive, our stories are already written by an infinitely powerful and loving God.
Today, you can literally take God's Word with you everywhere you go. You can take God's promises with you. That no matter what the news is, God is in control and He has a good plan for your life. I have a little Bible app on my phone. It's the most wonderful little thing. It's called Version. I've got this little phone with me just about all the time now. And every place I go, I can open up this little phone and I can read the Bible, the whole Bible, in any number of different translations. God has provided for us, friends, a way for us to have His Word with us all the time, no matter where we are. And we can claim His promises. We can know that He is in control and that His plans are good no matter what the report. I'll just delete that email. It's interesting to read about the spies that Joshua sent into the land. Forty years later, when he was leading Israel into Canaan. How many spies do you think Joshua sent? Two spies. Why? Because he knew firsthand the effect of having too many bad reports. Which report is going to capture your attention today? The good news of God's Word or the bad news of your circumstances? Which report will you believe? Your situation, your circumstances, what's happening in your life, or the Word of God, the eternal unshakable promises of the living God. Which report will you believe? Your circumstances are in control or your God is in control? We're at a point of decision today. All of us. We're either going to trust God or we're going to trust ourselves our circumstances, our abilities, our strength. Who will you believe? Here are some steps that we need to take, some decisions we should make. Some here this morning may need to make a commitment of their life to Christ. I talked to a young man this morning, sitting right back over here, and I said, I think I saw you make a commitment to Christ. He said, yes, I did. You can make a commitment of your life to Christ today. I'm not talking about praying a prayer and walking it out. No, 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 no. I'm talking about committing your life to Jesus Christ. He's either real or he's not. He's either living or he's not. <laughs> he's either true or he's not. And if he is the true son of the living God, he deserves your wholehearted commitment. So I ask you to make that commitment today. Here's another one. Maybe you've already made a commitment to the Lord, but you've kind of let things 
come between you and Him, and you've been operating in your own strength, and your prayer life is suffering, and your Bible reading is suffering, and everything about your spiritual life is going downhill, and you really need to come back to the Lord and come back to that place of Kadesh Barnea and say, you know, it's time for me to step up and follow the Lord. Recommit your life. That's a decision you can make today. A step you can take based on the Word of God. Here's another. You may need to become a member at Eastside Baptist Church, a great place to serve the Lord. We have seen examples of servanthood uh, even this week. People that are serving the Lord here as members, uh, Dewey and Gloria, and uh, here's uh, Buzz and Brenda out serving the Lord this week, and you don't, you don't know all the stuff that they've done behind the scenes, serving the Lord. Not because they get paid to do it, because they love the Lord, and they're just as faithful as they can be. And there's others here in the church that are serving the Lord, and you need a place to serve the Lord. This is a great place to serve the Lord. And this is a great place to be part of a church family. Loving church family. So I'd, I'd ask you to make that kind of commitment today. And then finally, some of you need to be baptized. You know, Brother Dewey just set me up so good, didn't he? Doesn't matter how old you are. Maybe you need to be baptized. To be sure that you're sure that you're sure. Yeah, isn't that what he said? Something like that? A great testimony. Following the Lord. Sure, it can be embarrassing, but oh my goodness. This is the Savior that shed his blood so you could be forgiven and live in eternity in heaven. What's there to be embarrassed about? My goodness. If you're ashamed of him, then you don't really know what he's done for you. Following Jesus Christ in believers' baptism. It's a public profession of faith. You may need to make that decision. I'd be happy to talk with you about any of these decisions. But I encourage you not to simply listen to a message, but apply it. Plug it in. Do something about it, okay? Would you join me as we pray? Thank you, Father for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit today. We're grateful that you are at work in our hearts. We ask you to transform us by your grace. You know right where we are. You know the struggles we face. You know the heartache. You know the burdens. And all of us carry them, Father, and we want to cast our cares upon you today and ask you to work out your very best plan and help us simply to follow you. Help us to trust you with all of our hearts. I pray for those who are there at Kadesh Barnea today who need to make that decision. I ask, Lord, that the decisions not be made in fear, not be made in anger, but be made because of love for you. Trust in you. We thank you for your amazing grace, for your abiding peace, for your unfailing love.
we are so grateful for Jesus Christ, our wonderful Savior, in whose great and powerful name we pray. Amen.